Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. All right, don't freak out. Don't panic. Don't panic. I know that it's October and this is not an episode dedicated to scary stories. I know. It's a little weird. It's a little weird if you're new here. Normally, every single October episode is dedicated to scary stories, but there's a few reasons why we're doing it differently this year. One, there's five Mondays in October this year. First time ever in the history of the podcast that's been around for two years. (laughs) Uh, We've got five Mondays this October. And last year and the year before, we only had four and we did every single episode full of scary stories. And people checked out about halfway through both of those months. I think it was overkill, pun intended. I think we just went a little overboard on the scary stories. But don't worry, we're still going to keep it very fall themed around here. And we're we're still going to do scary story episodes. It will probably just be the last two weeks of October, maybe three if we're feeling frisky. But yeah, these first two weeks, at least, are not going to be scary stories, but they're still very spooky. Today's topic is perhaps the spookiest thing of all time, but we're going to get to that in a moment. First, I have some things I want to tell you guys. Number one, I saw Don't Worry Darling this weekend, and I liked it. I really liked it. I, I don't know. I mean, it didn't crack my top 10. Don't worry, I won't share any spoilers. I'm not a monster. We saw it. I liked it. I enjoyed everybody in it. Thought the story was cool. I had no beef with it, honestly. I mean, I had like some like little, little, just little beefs with it, but overall, really liked it. Was it worth all the drama? Mm, No. I mean, here's the thing I hear a lot of people, or I see a lot of people like on TikTok, Instagram being like, it's all part of it and the drama is all tight. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't think it's like part of the, I don't think it's like a performance piece, but it wasn't a life changer, but I enjoyed it. That's, that's what I'll say. Anyway, the next thing I wanted to tell you guys, none of these have anything to do with our topic today. Just by the way, I just, I just feel like sharing some of these things. Like throughout the week, I try and like make notes of like things I want to tell you guys. And number two on my list this week is I listened to this podcast. It's really popular. So I'm pretty sure most of you have heard of it. It's called the Huberman Lab. This guy, I think his name's Andrew Huberman. I resisted listening to it because I thought he was like just like a Joe Rogan type. Like I thought he was just like a guy. Turns out he's like a a brain, a neuroscientist or a neurobiologist or something that works at Stanford. He's like incredibly smart. Anyway, I listened to one of his episodes about sleep because guys, every day I wake up and I think what like what do I need to put into my body that'll make my day a thousand times better? Like what medicine, what caffeine, what what like combination of of these of like supplements and all of these things and what you guys know. I love I I like a supplement. I like a supplement, okay? So I've been going through these things. Like what can I do during the day? And then it hit me. I think that I'm not sleeping very well. I would say that this story has a point at the end, but it doesn't. It's just something I'm I'm going through. And then it turns out I I like observed myself like my sleep patterns for the next couple of days. Turns out I'm bad at it. I'm not a great sleeper. The other night I was up every hour on the hour, like a like a newborn baby. So I listened to this podcast, Huberman, H- Hubsky, 
And it was all about sleep and like how to get the best night's sleep. And like, I just, I mean, he had a list of, of supplements and I bought every single one, of course. And then these last couple of days, I've been like trying to figure out my sleep schedule. You guys, turns out sleep, big deal, really big deal. And if you're not having a great day, if you're not doing great during the day, like I was, it could be your sleep. And I'm just putting that out there because I feel like I should share my my knowledge with the world. And it was Hugh Bourbon who told me about it, Andrew. The thing is, is that he's kind of broy. He's got a little bit of a little bit of of, of broiness to him, and he's like very not re- not relatable, <laughs> which is fine. But he was like talking about his sleep pattern, and he's like, you know, sometimes I sometimes I snack before bed. I'm not perfect. I'll have a handful of berries here and there. And I was like, okay, not to be like a relatable queen, but my midnight snacks are not like berries. I had two burritos and a full pack, full pack of chocolate covered cinnamon bears the other night. It was worth it. Slept great. Anyway, if you are struggling with your sleep, it sounds like the beginning of an ad, uh, but if you're having problems sleeping or during your day, I would just, I would look into that because it turns out it's actually like a major factor in your well-being if you're sleeping well or not. Anyway, okay, what's the next thing on my list of things I wanted to tell you guys? Oh, you guys, this book I'm reading. Okay, I'm reading this book and it called me out so good. And again, I just have to share it because it's what we're doing here. We're dishing. So I'm reading this book called The Mountain Is You. And I actually know that I've shared a quote from it before, but I never actually read the book. I just had that quote sent to me. So I considered myself having read it, but then I was like, whatever, I'll just read it. And it it really hurt my feelings in a good way. This is the most mind-blowing thing that has ever been said to me ever. So she's talking about anxiety and how we kind of like stir up, stir up worst case scenarios. We catastrophize, we uh, go to the worst case scenario, we, we quote unquote overthink. She said that ruminating on things and getting anxiety about them and going over and over and over them, it's actually not overthinking. It's actually underthinking. And if you're like me, when people bruise your ego just a little bit, that's what really motivates you to uh, fix it. (laughs) So when she said that, she's talking about how, okay, I should probably look up the actual quote before I get into this. So hold, please. Okay, I think I got a good summary. She's basically saying that we may consider ourselves overthinkers when we're sitting and we're ruminating on something. However, it is underthinking or it's like it's a lapse in critical thinking because when you are emotionally intelligent which is not something I'm claiming to be by any means I'm saying it's the goal when you're emotionally intelligent you can process things appropriately and you don't add all these other things into it also the way I see it like visually is that it's underthinking because you're getting stuck on the very first thing that is usually the worst case scenario and the least likely scenario. So when you think properly, you can process how you feel about situations and you can see that logically the thing that you're worried about is probably not going to happen. And then you don't sit and ruminate on it. I think I said ruminate a lot during that, but you get what I'm saying. Anyway, hurt my feelings a lot and uh, also completely changed the way I look at my anxiety because we, you know, there's like a weird pride and like overthinking. You know, I feel like people say it all the time. I'm just like, I'm so analytical. I just like, I overthink everything. And turns out we're not doing that. It's actually, it's actually the less, in- sorry, <laughs> it's actually the less intelligent thing to do, uh, which yeah, hurts my feelings. It makes me want to not do it ever again. So basically, that's all I needed to tell you guys. Uh, That was the update on my life. If anything else comes to mind, I'll let you know. Now let's talk about our topic for today. Today's topic is kind of spicy because I am mad. I'm mad. I'm in a a bad mood lately at a lot of things. And we're going to talk about them today because today we're talking about social behavior that spooks me out. That just gives me the the see. I'm keeping the fall theme, <laughs> keeping the fall theme, guys. Don't get mad at me. Spooky social behavior. That means breaking social norms. That means um. That's basically it. It's basically breaking social norms. That's the umbrella term that I'm giving it. I have some pretty specific ones that I wouldn't maybe say are breaking social norms per se, but 
definitely things that people do on the internet or in real life that just, that just make me mad. That just make me mad. And I know that a lot of these that we're going to cover are like highly discussed and well-known. I'm definitely not saying that like I invented being annoyed at public FaceTime conversations, but I just wanted to dedicate an episode to public behaviors that I find spooky. They haunt me. They haunt me constantly. Some are specific, some are small, some are huge, some are life-altering. Also, yeah, like I said, some are online and some are in person. And this is like kind of, um, I don't want to say why I started the Ben broadcast, but it was definitely one of the main topics. I was like, I would love to just be able to vent about things that bug me and then giggle about them and move on. And normally right here in the episode, before I begin, I would put a little disclaimer. I'd put a little disclaimer and I would probably say something to the effect of like, these don't apply to everybody. And I understand that people are in different circumstances and blah, blah, blah. And which is true. All of that is true. It's also highly obvious. So here's the rub. This is one of the spooky behaviors that I'm going to, that I'm going to talk about. This is where my, my main rage has come from these last few weeks. Because when did we start needing somebody to hold our hands and explicitly tell us this in order for us to be able to function properly? Like, here's what I mean. If I tell a story about buying a pair of pants and I talk about how I bought them in the plus size section, there is a 100% chance, not 99, I, I would put a lot of money on it. There's a 100% chance that I would get shit for discussing an activity that doesn't apply to everybody, such as shopping in the plus size section. Like not everybody shops in the plus size section. And I know for a fact, I know for a fact that I would get feedback about it, even though I know it's obvious, you know, it's obvious, everybody knows it's obvious that this particular thing that I'm like, this particular pair of pants may not be for everybody because people are are in diff different circumstances. People wear different sizes of jeans. People shop at different places. People's budgets are different. Maybe this particular pair of pants is not for everyone. Because fun fact, it's actually not a human possibility for every statement and every activity and every thought and every action to be perfectly tailored to every person who encounters it. And that applies to uh, like, like every, everybody. My, myself, you, everyone. There is stuff out there on the internets that you might not enjoy. You might even hate it. You might even hate the person who made it. And the thing is, not only is it entirely optional to consume that content or that person, so like, you know, easy fix, scroll away, but also this is what I want to tell every, every like, I mean, I don't want to generalize. <laughs> I don't want to generalize with generation. Actually, you know what? I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to say a certain generation because everybody has people that do this. It's not possible to choose just one demographic. But it's okay that things exist in the world that you don't like. I, I don't know what it is with the internet lately, but no one is okay with there being anything on the internet that they don't like. It's actually fine that you you hate things. I think that we should welcome hating things more. Hating things is funny. We don't have to dedicate our time or energy to it. We can actually just, you know, talk about it, laugh about it, move on. But again, here's here's another disclaimer. I hope that people will assume this, but you never know. I'm not talking about like cancel, quote unquote, cancel culture and like people who are sexual predators who don't deserve careers. <laughs> I'm not saying like, hey, if you hate that, just get over it and be cool with it. I'm saying the little tiny, 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 minute things that happen on the internet that people assume are personal attacks on the core of their being. Like, okay, let's talk about Michaela. Michaela, the makeup girl who's, who's in the midst of her cancellation right now. She is being canceled because she made a video about how she thinks it's she, she thinks it's hard to be an influencer and how she just got off work at 519. Okay? That's that's what she did. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. This 22, I think she's 22. She 
made a video about her job. She said it was hard. And people are digging into her, her past, taking personal shots at her, making TikTok accounts to post Tumblr entries for when she was 15 to dissect about everything she did. Like, you guys, Army Hammer was a cannibal. Like, there are bigger fish to fry than you not liking a girl who makes makeup tutorials. You guys, like, c- come on. Let's get a little perspective. Let's get a little bit of perspective. I'm actually not even, I, I shouldn't even be saying you guys because everybody who listens to this podcast is perfect and has never made a mistake. I'm mainly talking to like trolls on the internet or just random TikTokers that I see is <laughs> really, is really who I'm talking about. But like every time I see that, like every time I see people make videos about thing like other things that they hate and not like in a fun way you know like in a way where it's really really affecting their life how much they hate something like how i'm sorry but how like entitled and and self-obsessed is your world that you believe that if you don't like something it should not only be somebody else's fault but it should also be fixed immediately for no other reason except that you would like something on the internet to be different. You guys. I know everybody knows what I'm talking about. I've been like thinking about how to phrase this and I know that like the irony is not lost on me. I'm about to upload this podcast to the internet and then get on Instagram. Like I I'm just saying that like we went we went way too far into this internet thing and I do feel a little bit spoiled because as a millennial, we didn't really get like social media or like internet stuff until I mean, I was like 19, 20. Like I was out of I was out of high school, lived out of the house. A lot of these kids are 11, 12, 13 when they first get on, I mean, and younger when they first get on Instagram and they first start doing social media stuff. So like I'm just thinking about Michaela here about how young she is. And how not jealous I am of the fact that she got social media when she was really, really young. Anyway, I digress. Let's keep going on this rant. The internet is never going to be 100% for you. Okay. I would argue that about 0.0004% of the internet is stuff I would like maybe be interested in or agree with. That, That percentage actually seems high. It does. And I bet that that's the same for everybody here. Like imagine... Here's how I would say, how, here's how I would, I would, I would lay it all out. Imagine finding a beautiful, rare seashell that you love. And instead of being like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I found this cool seashell. You spend the rest of your time at the beach mad that the other seashells don't look like it. Like that's what people do. That's what the internet is lately. I've spent so much time being mad at the other seashells on the beach. Don't get me wrong. But then I remember, I went to the beach. I chose to go there. I literally drove myself there knowing exactly what beaches look like. We do this. We get on the internet and we consume a wide range of topics. And then people are mad when other topics exist that they don't like. I, the rage, my underboob is sweating just thinking about it. So Anyway, when I find myself hating the other 99.99996% of things, which again, I like making jokes about things I hate. That's basically my job. That's what this episode is actually dedicated to. But I'm saying that real like deep anger that people get on the internet. So I've had to I've had to learn this skill because I used to be a very mad internet person. I used to get on there and hate scroll and just be really, really, really angry. I will say I've never anonymously messaged anybody or like talk shit on a Reddit thread or anything like that. I I have avoided those, but I have definitely like fell victim to like the echo chamber of the internet and like let myself get really riled up about things. And finally, when when that happens, when I see something that really bugs me, when I see someone's like content that I really don't like or like a targeted ad or whatever. When I feel that rage, I've had to force myself, and this is like what I'm hoping for the world. And again, anybody listening to this probably already does this, but this is what I want to tell the the masses of TikTok and Instagram and, and YouTube comment sections. Take a moment. Just take a beat. Pause for one second and reflect. <laughs> reflect inward. Because if I find myself mad at a stranger on the internet, Sometimes 
sometimes I get mad at inanimate objects on the internet. Sometimes I do, like fidget spinners, my nemesis. But when I have a reaction to something like that, I have to take a moment and genuinely reflect on what is happening inside of me that made me react like this. Like what's going on that if seeing somebody's video or hearing somebody's opinion on the internet makes me so angry, what's going on inside? Because I am an adult and I should be able to regulate my emotions when I see something that I hate. I'm learning quickly that we are probably all in the same boat. I'm its captain. I'm in this boat with you. I'm certainly not claiming to be perfect at this, but you guys already know that because we assume the obvious around here and we also embrace the beauty of of our existence, which is nuance. It's nuance. Like you want to know a great place to have no nuance? Your group chat with your friends. Have we discussed this before? The beauty of the group message. It is a wonderful place to put all those thoughts that you have about Michaela. It's great. Like that or your or your notes app. You know where you don't have to put them? Her DMs her comments, her boyfriend's DMs. You want to know who does that? Actual demons. Bad, like literally bad people. Sad, weird people have a sad, weird hobby of going on the internet to discuss specific details of people they hate. Adults with cool, smart brains say, you know what? That's not for me. I'm going to pass on that. But if I have a thought that I want to vent, I'm going to go to a trusted friend to let off some steam. And I'm not going to project whatever shit is going on inside of me on other people. So, yes, while we hate things here, the bad broadcast is a is a safe place for hate. Let's remember our BFF nuance. I hate so many things. I hate so many broken social norms and weird driving behavior. I hate a lot of human habits in general. This is where we discuss it. We laugh about it and we forget about it because who cares? Who cares? This is not where we discuss like our over-the-top, definitely trauma-induced singular hate for a stranger on the internet to the point of discussing every inch of their parenting, body, clothes, and lifestyle on a public forum. That's not, no, it's not what we do here. Here's the great irony of all. The funniest part to me about hating like people in the public eye instead of just ignoring them or like stopping the consumption of their content is that it actually makes them more famous. We know this because we live in a world with Logan Paul, okay? When people hate them so much, they become way more successful. That's why we have so many terrible celebrities, because hate still makes them famous. So when people are like, well, I want to talk about it and I want to post about Michaela because she doesn't deserve a platform. Okay, well, get out of the audience then, because you bought tickets the same as the person next to you. And whether you love her or hate her, she's getting engagement. They get brand deals, they get money, they get fame. So your obsession with them is actually just as beneficial as the fans on the other side. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Osea. Osea is a California-based skincare and body care brand that has been making clean, vegan, and cruelty-free skincare products for over 25 years. I love when I get to tell you guys all about something that has been a holy grail of mine for years. I saw somebody post about their body oil, like seriously, probably two years ago, and I have been a fan ever since, and I'm so happy to be partnering with them. They use seaweed as their hero ingredient because it's a nutrient-rich superfood with endless benefits, including anti-aging and moisturization. Osea products are clinically proven to work, and they're climate-neutral certified. Their algae body oil is the oil I was just talking about that's been something I've used for years, and now it's a body butter with nutrient-rich seaweed, ceramides, and whipped shea butter. Their Undaria body butter transforms dry skin to feeling smooth, soft, and supple. It is the perfect addition to your fall skincare routine. So for clean body care that gives you facial skincare level results, you've got to try Osea. And right now we have a special discount just for Bad Broadcast listeners. Get 10% off site-wide when you use the promo code BAD at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and also orders over $50 get free shipping. You're going to want it all. I promise you. Go to oseamalibu.com, promo code BAD. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is brought to you by Newly. Fall is here. We've got a lot going on. We got to switch out the old wardrobe. We're getting rid of the summer stuff. We're getting new fall stuff. And Newly is the best way to get 
new clothes at the best price and you get a bunch of them. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service and for just $88 a month you get your choice of any six styles each month. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 300 brands. Also they stock it in a range of sizes from petite to plus sizes up to 5x and maternity. There's fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility, so there's no laundry for you to worry about. And you also have the option to buy what you love at a discount, sometimes up to 70% off. You can do fall fashion right without getting the fast fashion ick. Renting through Newly also means that you get to wear more while spending way less, which is a win-win for your closet and your checking account. Newly is designed to give you everything you need to get inspired, get creative, and explore your style. You can check out new trends, silhouettes, and sizes without any commitments. Also, there are no fees, no late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you lose a button or spill something on it or you just need to take a break. Newly is already a great value at $88 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BAD20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y dot com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code BAD20 and sign up to get $20 off of your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's with code BAD20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So anyway, what's even weirder than this is people who get mad at trends, people who get mad at like TikTok trends. People have been super mad about the butterboards because it's so hard to clean up and not everybody has time to clean up a butterboard. And some people work in long shifts and some people can't do it. Okay, it's not for you. There's no requirement to make a butterboard. You don't need to make one. It's okay. You don't need to be that mad. You don't. So that hate is for stupid, stupid losers. And the things we're going to hate today are for hot girls who get horny for nuance. This, I would like to present a how-to on hating things. You know what I mean? Like, I would like to appropriately hate on things in a way that's fun and funny and healing and lets go of things. Dedicating your time to hating things on the internet is a stupid and entitled way to live. That's probably the rudest thing I've, I've well, uh, probably not, but it's up there for rude things I've said on the internet, but I fully, or said on the podcast, but I fully stand by it because somebody has to give all of us a reality check, myself included. I get chronically online sometimes. Just ask, ask my friends, Matt, anybody. Sometimes I need to come down from off, like I need to come offline. Like I need to get out of the the space of the internet And remember that there's a real world out here with like human beings and dirt and grass and sidewalks. Like it happens to the best of us and happens to the best of us. So let's talk about things that we hate. Spooky behavior is what I'm calling it. And these are things that people do that I cannot stand. (laughs) What an intro to this topic. I literally just went on a 20 minute rant about hating things, but hopefully. It goes without saying that this is a little bit different than like hopping on a snark Reddit and writing an MLA formatted essay about somebody's parenting style. Uh, Hopefully me saying that I hate when people, you know, like FaceTime in public. Hopefully you understand that there's a range here. Okay, let's get into it. I have always been a gal who loves a social norm. I love a social norm. I really do. I think that they keep things orderly. They keep people out of my space. Typically, I really like a social norm. So when people break social norms, that's something that I really just can't handle. Uh, Let's go down my list. Let's see how many I have. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Okay, I have twelve. I have twelve things uh, that I hate and they haunt me. 
And I'm saying haunt again to tie in that this is obviously a Halloween themed episode because I said the word haunt and spooky like four or five times. Okay, the first thing I hate, I already talked about this a little bit, but when people play music or have loud phone phone conversations in public in any capacity, but especially on a hike, what enters somebody's brain when they decide to go on a hike? And you guys know I'm pretty I'm pretty lax with hiking. I'm not like by any means hiking the PCT anytime soon. So like I get that there's some rules that I probably break also. However, what goes through somebody's brain when they're like, you know what, I'm going to go venture into the great outdoors. And they think to themselves, you know what every single person around me needs? Pitbull. They need more Pitbull on this hike. They need to bring a Bluetooth speaker in order to play their music out loud on a hike. It is like the one place that is, I shouldn't say one place, but it's a place that is so obviously for peace and quiet. <laughs> and when people bring music, it has happened to me. I mean, I've probably, I, I, I won't even tell you guys how many hikes I've been on because it's probably very low, but I'll give you a percentage of hikes that this has happened on. Probably 20% of hikes that I've been on, somebody has brought a speaker to listen to. You can bring headphones. They're actually way cheaper than Bluetooth speakers. Did you guys know that? That headphones are actually more affordable than any other Bluetooth speaker. Also, same with FaceTiming in public. I feel like I feel like COVID, my my family was talking about this in the in our group message earlier. COVID really uh really turned a lot of uh, social norms around. One of those is like FaceTime and Zoom and all that. And we do it more in public now than ever before. When people FaceTime in public, also it's just like brave. I think it's it's an act of bravery. You have no idea what the other person is gonna say. They could share your your life secrets in the middle of a Michaels. Like I just again, the headphones, the headphones. I've if I were to wish something for everyone, it would be a quality pair of headphones. Okay, the next thing that I hate when people do, I hate when people laugh at their phone purely so you ask them what's funny. I will spite someone so hard when they do this. If I'm with someone and they're looking at their phone and they start to like giggle, I will keep my mouth shut as long as possible. I will never, ever, ever ask you what's funny, (laughs) ever. I will sit in stone cold silence until they stop. That's just the petty petty princess in me. I'm pretty sure that uh, you guys would agree with that. The next thing I hate. Going back to headphones, I did not realize how many of these were headphone themed, but people who interrupt you when you have headphones on. Headphones are a universal language, okay? They are the universal language for I'm not talking to you right now. And when people tap me on the shoulder and ask me to take my headphones off to tell me something, when I run into somebody and they stop, but I have my headphones on, that is 90% of the reason why I bought over-ear headphones. These Apple Air Max pods, whatever, suck, by the way. They hurt my head so bad, but I will wear them because they're, they're easier to see. They're like a flashing hazard of, please, please, please don't talk to me. I got to say, they do have like a 40% success rate. Like 60% of the time I'll be wearing them and somebody will ask me to take them off. Like for no good reason. Just to be like, hey, how are you? I'm bad. I'm bad now. I was better. I'm worse now. So if you see someone with headphones, take a gander, look at their ear, confirm. And if you see headphones in or near them, give them a quick wave and get the hell out of there. Okay? They don't want to talk to you. If they do, they take them out. All right. Uh, next one. Okay. This one has evolved. This This hate has evolved because normally... I would say I hate small talk. But now this has evolved to hating people who say they hate small talk because we found out through the internet that we all hate small talk. All of us do. All of us do. But when people are like, I'm just, I'm too deep for small talk, you know, like tell me about your childhood trauma. Tell me about your parents' divorce. Like I want to get to the real stuff. I want to know about your hopes and dreams and fears. Yeah, none of us like small talk. None of us do. We do it because it's polite. We say, hey, what's up? How are you? And then we move on. That's just, it's how the world works. It's called a, a pleasantry. So yeah, I, I hate small talk too. And then I realized that uh, it's really not that big of a deal. And I also just, sometimes when jokes are overdone, I, I start to hate them out of spite. <laughs> like people have made that joke. It's the same thing with people hating moist or hating the word moist. 
Like now it's like, that's now that's my favorite word. Now that joke has been so overdone that I'm going to defend the word moist until the day I die. All right, next one. So it it takes a lot for me to not side with the server at a restaurant. Like I feel like I'm typically kind of overboard with how much I side with servers. Like I think that we should be treating them a thousand bajillion times better and usually they can do no wrong in my eyes. However, there is something that servers do on occasion that does drive me insane. It's when any server comments on how much you ate. Like if you ate a lot. Like when they come up to the table and they're like, wow, you really, you must have really liked that because it was a huge portion and normally people share it. But I guess you're just like the type of person who can eat the whole thing because you're such a dumb idiot fatty. Like that's basically what they, they might as well just say that to me because that's how it makes me feel. I don't like when anybody comments on how much I eat, like how much or little I eat anyway. Uh like not like I'm not triggered by it. I'm not like mad. It's just like an unnecessary. I just don't like when people comment on it. Like it's already something that I'm I'm insecure about for whatever reason. Like I was always really insecure about eating in front of people when I was growing up, like in front of boys, friends, like I thought it was the most embarrassing thing that you could ever do, which is insane to me now. But I think I just still have a little bit of that. See, this, these are those things that I, you know, when I talk about why I hate them, I'm like, mm, that's probably something I need to work through. But I hate when servers comment on it. I hate it. I always made it a point to never, ever, ever comment on how much somebody ate. Also, how little somebody ate at a restaurant because nothing is worse than when you don't like your meal and you're like, okay, now I got to like confront this server about how little I ate. And they're like, is everything okay with it? Did you like it? Is, is there something wrong with it? They're, like they take it so personally. And I just want to be like, girl, you didn't make me this food. You you didn't make it for me. I don't care. I remember thinking that when I actually was a server being like, why would I care? Why would I ever care how much somebody ate? Like, I'm just going to take their plate. And if they want a box, they can have one. If not, I do not care. Like I, I, I hate being interrogated about the amount of food that I eat. Okay. This next one is spicy. Well, this whole episode has been pretty spicy. I'm a little nervous about putting it out. I'm not going to lie. But this next one's going to be particularly spicy because it has to do with my own personal DMs. I will say I'm pretty chill. I'm pretty lax when it comes to my DMs. I understand that I share a lot of personal information. I actually really like that people feel like we're friends and that they can slide into my DMs and be like, girl, here's the deal. What's up? What should I do about this guy? Like, I like that. I have even had some messages that are probably over some boundaries, but I let slide because, you know, it is what it is. Like I've had people ask me about my prescriptions, about like what birth control I use. I've had people ask me, you know, personal questions about Matt and I, how much money I make, like some things that are are probably like not not great to ask a stranger. Uh, But again, I share a lot about my life, so I get that people have follow-up questions. However, there are two DMs that I get, I wouldn't say regularly, but semi-regularly for sure. Uh, It's definitely happened more than than I would like. Uh, One of them is when people DM me and ask me for my phone number, uh, which feels like something that you would like know not to ask a stranger for and that they probably wouldn't want to give you. Uh, But that's not the most shocking one. The most shocking one is when people ask me for my address, not so that they can send me something. They ask me for my address so that they can come over. And they explicitly state that in their message. They will say, hey, I would love to have your address to come hang out with you. I know that you and -and so-and-so hang out a lot or you and you guys do this. Could I have your address so that I could stop by? That feels like monster behavior to me. I would never ask for somebody's address unless it was to mail them something. And certainly I would never tell them that I was going to drop by. Anybody who knows me in any capacity knows that I don't jive with a drop by, even from like close friends and family members. I'm not into, uh, uh, hey, I was in the neighborhood. Can I come over? I need three to four business days. I need at least two therapy sessions under my belt and I need a day to really prepare for somebody entering my home. (laughs) So those two DMs 
I mean, I feel like it's not that crazy that I think that's weird. But yeah, it does. It does happen. I would say I don't want to like over overestimate how often I've gotten this message. But I've gotten a variation of one of those. I, I mean, probably over 100 times. I would say at least at least 50 people have asked me for my no, I'd say at least 75 people have asked me for my phone number. At least 25 people have asked me for my address not to mail me something. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Way. Did you know that the way to healthy hair starts with a healthy scalp? I mean, it makes sense. Going right to the root, pun intended. A little care goes a long way for healthier looking hair. Way's scalp serum balances, hydrates, and soothes irritation, creating an ideal environment for hair to thrive. You just drop this skincare-inspired serum on your scalp daily and leave it in, morning or night, wet or dry. I love when products are that way, and you can just throw them in whenever. You don't have to think too hard about it. <laughs> you guys know how much I love Way, and the scalp serum is the perfect addition to my lineup. It helps support the appearance of thicker, healthier hair, and it hydrates the scalp and it soothes irritation from like tight ponytails or detangling or just, I don't know, life. It's also all vegan, gluten, and cruelty-free ingredients in 100% recyclable packaging. And there's also hyaluronic acid in there for some hydration, some red clover flower to reduce scalp discomfort. It's also safe for color-treated and chemically-treated hair, which I'm blonde now. So I guess technically I fall under that category. The way to healthy hair starts with the scalp. Shop Way's all-new scalp serum by going to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use the code BAD to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire purchase at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code BAD. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're faced with a problem in life, when you're really going through it, it can be hard to snap into problem solving mode, especially if you're like me and you really like to sit in problem overthinking mode. And sometimes it bugs you when people present solutions because you're comfortable in your little anxiety torpedo. However, when you can find your own solutions, there really is no better feeling. And a therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. I go to therapy every single week. You guys know this about me. I've told you every week since the beginning of time, and I would not be here without my amazing therapist, Paige. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. You can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can also switch therapists at any time. It's a really good option if you can't leave the house, if you've got young kids at home, if you work from home. It's really flexible. It's the best way to get started out if you haven't done therapy before and you can switch therapists. That's the best part because finding a therapist that fits you is hard. Sometimes you have to shop around and they make it really easy to just switch whenever you want. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com bad today to get 10% off of your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P, dot com slash bad. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Have you been looking for a place to talk all things parenting? And I'm not talking about who makes the best stroller, but the really important stuff like how to be a better and more connected parent or how to raise children with empathy. Well, you are in the right place, folks. My name is Brandy Jordan, and I am a doula and parenting expert. And this is my show, Dear Doula. I will be giving you practical and impactful tips to parent with more joy, more calm, and more ease. I will also be talking to parents and experts who will be helping us to reimagine what it looks like to nurture ourselves and parent in more gentle and mindful ways. I am so excited to be in community with all of you. Can't wait to hear from you. So that's crazy. Let's go on to the next thing I hate. I hate 
when people say this sentence, oh, are you still doing that little insert your your business that you started here thing? Are you still doing that little business thing? You still doing that little podcast thing? People say it to Matt all the time. You still doing your little music thing? You still like messing around with that? You still having like a little, you know, having a little vacation from life, uh, trying out that new little, that new little thing that you're doing. Uh, if you've ever said this to somebody, please repent for your sins immediately. Another thing uh, that I hate when people say, I hate right after you get a haircut and people say, <laughs> or and someone says to you, do you like it? <laughs> like, okay, well, I did. I did until this very moment till you made me question everything. Like, oh, do you like it? Or, and that's the other thing is that you now are are in a corner. You can't say yes because then you look vain. And you can't say no because what if, well, first of all, if you don't actually dislike it, like if you do like it, but then if you say yes, it feels like you're, you, there's no right answer. To me, it feels like they're just, they checkmate you. However, I do feel checkmated a lot in conversation. So it's probably more of a personal problem. All right. This next one thing that I hate is nothing personal against them, but I hate Journeys employees. I can't walk in Journeys for any, any reason because their employees are so aggressive. And I will say it is not their fault. I know. I know. I've been told many times because I've talked about this on Instagram before and everybody has confirmed with me that that is how they're trained. So I am taking this opportunity to declare how bad of a system it is. And I would like to speak to Journeys Corporate, whatever that looks like. If they can change their training program and not let their employees basically emotionally assault you when you walk in, I will dedicate every, I will never buy shoes from anywhere else. I, you have my word. I will only ever shop at Journeys. Also, this is random, but one time I was walking by a Journeys, not even into a Journeys, okay? I walked by it and the guy yelled from inside and he's like, you looking for some shoes? What are you, size seven foot? Size seven foot? I'll grab some shoes for you to try on. And I was like, bitch, size seven? I am 5'11". You call yourself a shoe salesman? I'm a size 11, almost 12 foot. You could tell from down the mall hallway that I do not wear a size seven. Also, all of you guys who do wear a size seven or eight shoe, just count your blessings. I hope you fall asleep in peace because wearing a size 11 foot has been <laughs> the, the turmoil of my existence. I can literally only buy shoes online when I can filter it by their size or I can buy them from somewhere with a labeled wall of size 11. That's the only places I can buy shoes or men's. Okay, moving right down the list, we've got three more. The next thing that I hate when people say, two words, two words. And this is going to be the spookiest thing you hear all spooky season. Remember me? No, no, I don't. I don't remember you. You want to know what's a dead giveaway? The fact that I didn't say that I remembered you. That's probably an answer to your question. Just as a rule of thumb for social interactions forever, just reintroduce yourself. Even if you, you're pretty sure they remember you, if your brain is, is cooking up the words, remember me, just take a, take a moment. You know, that's what we're working on. Taking a beat and think, you know what? I'm just going to reintroduce myself just to be safe. Because here's the thing. They'll either say, oh yeah, we've met before. Or they'll say, it's nice to meet you. Problem solved. Now you never have to give someone anxiety diarrhea ever again. Okay, uh, two more. The second to last one is pretty widespread. I feel like this can apply to a lot of different situations. People who sit next to you when there's an entirely empty row. This also goes for urinals, I'm assuming. That's what my, what my brothers say. And like even bathroom stalls. For me, it's even bathroom stalls. Like if the whole bathroom is empty, somebody coming to the stall right next to me, it's not the worst thing in the world. I feel like a urinal would definitely be worse, but I still don't like it. Like the the main thing that I'm thinking of is movie theaters when somebody sits either really, really close to you or directly in front of you. So you can't put your feet up. Uh, this one's like an old social norm. I feel like this is one of the classics. This is one of the classics that uh, for some reason, there's still a large percentage of people who have not grasped this. So I feel like I need to put it out there for the public. 
Okay, this last one is actually not one that I've experienced, but it is for all my moms out there. I've heard this from my friends who are raising kids. And even though I've never had anybody say it to me, it's bad enough that it affects me. (laughs) When people say to a young mom, oof, just wait, just wait. It gets, this gets harder. This sucks. This isn't fun. Just wait until they hit this age and then you have to do this and it's terrible. Just wait until the, I don't understand why anyone would say that to anybody, but specifically about raising kids. That is, that is pure. I mean, if we're talking projection and looking within yourself, I just want to, I just want to say moms, if anybody says that to you, oh, just wait. Like it's so obviously them projecting what they hated about motherhood or parenthood or whatever, and them wanting to be validated in that. So they say it to you like, oh, just wait till they start walking. That's way harder. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're sleeping now. Just wait till they hit terrible twos. Like there, that's projection. Okay. It doesn't have to do with your kid and you don't have to listen to them. So again, that one doesn't apply to me, but mom shaming still gets to me, even though I'm not a mom. It's one of those things that uh, I feel violently defensive of for basically no reason. But I mean, there's the majority of women in my life that I love are raising children. And so I feel very defensive of them. All right, my angels, that's all we've got time for today. That's my list of the spookiest behavior that people display in public. Um, And also my rant about how to properly hate things so they don't ruin your life. Uh, I love to hate things. I think that it is very cathartic, uh, but I don't want to do it in a way that, you know, is going to give me an ulcer one day. I just want to giggle about the things people do that bug us. So at the end of the day, that's what I'm here to do. I hope you feel sufficiently enraged to have an amazing week. Let it let it fuel you. Let it fuel you. Uh, I hope you have a great first week of October. My birthday is in October, by the way. We should do something for that. I'm going to mail you all a donut. Anyway, I hope you guys have an amazing week. I will see you next time. I hope you remember to be safe, be kind, be hot. Love you so much. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the -the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.